welcome to the Health Tech Podcast. Here we talk about everything healthcare and technology, and I'm your host, James Somaru. Hey everybody, welcome to the Health Tech Podcast. Today we're throwing back, we're throwing back to episode 280, where I spoke to Alison Darcy, and she is the president and the founder of Wobot. And Wobot is, it's a well, it's a really cool health tech company. It is a friendly chatbot that helps you with all of life's everyday stresses, but is also helping many people with depression and anxiety. Um, I use Wobot for the everyday stresses uh, part of life, and it helped me immensely at a time where I was really stressed and work was tough and had loads going on. And it teaches you quite a lot of concepts from psychology about catastrophization and all these different things that once you know you then are equipped with a kind of a toolkit in how to combat them so i thought it was really cool anyway um we asked well in this clip we asked uh the question will bots replace psychologists and in this age of like cbt and being delivered via digital therapeutic for things like depression anxiety things like chronic pain lots of different things there's this obviously new model um where people can essentially download an app get cbt get treated for what they've got and it scales this kind of one previously one-to-one relationship that people had with a physician that had to deliver that therapy. And so it's an incredible, obviously, way of scaling mental health services and various other services. But we really wanted to interrogate what is actually the model here? Who is this actually for? And I guess the plot twist that you'll hear in this clip is that, yes, it will be useful, but no, it will not replace humans. And I think that's obviously the plot twist around health tech more generally is that actually this does serve a role and self-directed digital therapies certainly serve a role, but it's where they serve a role and who for. And actually using these self-directed digital therapies in combination with the one-to-one therapy for those that need it, we can actually give more care to more people and a rising tide raises all ships. And so the idea is to blend the two, to focus the two down onto who would benefit most and to operate certainly this preventative model in the self-directed digital therapy space. Anyway, I'll let you listen to the clip. It's a really good one. Um, I'll see you on the other side. You mentioned that technology was relatively jarring for people in your business uh, prior to obviously you starting Wobot. Um and the digitization of something like healthcare before that's even been started, you know, 10, 15 years ago, not even maybe, uh, I imagine was quite jarring. The idea that technology could come along and play a role in this interaction between a clinician and a patient that is extremely human, extremely nuanced, extremely one-to-one. And we know that we've got a workforce crisis. We know that the one-to-one method of healthcare, particularly mental healthcare, is not scalable. Uh, it, well, that's not true. It's not realistic to consider it in the same way as any as any short-term solution right now. Let's be very clear about that. It takes years to train a clinician from well, go psychology from medical school upwards, go clinical psychology from course onwards. You know, these are years long processes and these problems need to be solved way before we encounter them. So we're encountering a problem now with workforce that's been cooking for a decade, at, at least arguably. And so 
Yeah, you introducing technology now as a potential solution, you exploring tech options for digitizing CBT, that can't have been easy. And rather than dwelling on that necessarily, that's that's probably an obvious one that, yeah, okay, that was tough. My question really is, do you see technology now as scaling things like CBT for depression, anxiety, chronic pain? Like there's plenty, there's plenty of ways that CBT is being digitized now into apps and delivered for healthcare. Is this the future? Is it scalable? Is it realistically going to help us solve a problem that we very much have right now with workforce? It has to. Uh, it, digital has to be part of the solution. There is no doubt. And I tell you, it's not just because, you know, we have, you know, a great shortage and, and all the supply issue and which, by the way, like was not solved with telemedicine that did not grow any new humans by, you, you know, just facility. And it actually ended up and certainly in the US, it ended up um, giving more access to people who already had access rather than increasing right. access for people who were traditionally disenfranchised. However, no, the reason why I think it has to is because we actually have to not just uh, treat people who are very ill with with human therapists that still will always have to happen and we should try and facilitate that so that such that it happens earlier but if we're really going to reduce the burden of disease in the population we have to intervene much earlier with people and and allow them to be like empower them with better self-driven tools and you don't we have to sort of change the conversation such that like, people can see that for those people who can use self-driven tools they should because it's ultimately so empowering to be able to come through these issues on your own learning great skills when you can i just don't believe that everybody needs to see a human and i think that there can be so much actual therapeutic value in being able to resolve things on your own with with good tools right um that's like a, a, maybe it's a controversial idea for some but i think it's based on and I don't think it's all therapy that needs that should be in a self-driven digital format. But I think CBT in particular is a therapeutic approach that fundamentally is best delivered as a self-help intervention, but that mostly sometimes gets delivered by humans. But actually, I think in guided self-help version of CBT actually fits with the therapeutic model better than does going to see a therapist in an appointment once a week, that kind of a setting. And um, so that's why I think, and this is like the best. So I think actually digital presents this incredibly important public health opportunity if we can actually embrace it. My fear is that the skepticism and the red herring around, oh, robots replacing therapists or or any tools like it is, is trying to replace the therapist. It, that's a red herring. It's a non-issue. You can't replace something. This is what a, a professor from Duke said the other day in, the, in, in a, the, the New York Times. You can't replace something that doesn't exist. That's not the issue. The issue is how can we get like liberate some of these amazing tools out of the exclusive domain of the clinic? and get them into the hands of people if they can use them. Now, not everybody will be able to be successful and that's okay. And those people really should see humans and um, because you know humans can deal with complexity and a depth of problems that digital never will be able to. But so many people can make use of very good structured tools, particularly if, you know, if it suits itself 
if it lends itself well to sort of a CBT resolution, if it's if it's around, if it's a problem that can be assuaged with, you know, um, better sort of thinking hygiene over and over again and the commitment to that and the sort of neuroplasticity that comes with rewriting the script over and over. And um, I mean, we know that helps people feel better. That is the most evidence-based approach that we currently have. So um, let me just stop that rant. And <laughs> did I answer your question? <laughs> you absolutely did. No, you absolutely did. The, the answer is we. it has to. And I think the the... The interesting thing there that I'm that I'm taking from that is actually that it's important to consider who for whenever you're asking the question about digital. Absolutely. Because I think that's what that's you right. really identified there, right? Yeah. So I think it's that's definitely right. a that's case right. of thinking, well, we are not replacing what is incredibly necessary care from human to human. And you're right. There is no preventative human to human right now. There aren't enough humans delivering that care. So it's impossible to prevent something. What you're doing is you're occupying a vacuum, a vacuum of, well, what we're, say, what we're suggesting with digital. What we're suggesting with digital is that it can occupy a vacuum, one that is not filled by anything currently. And that is a place where we can, well, we can put preventative digital measures that people can access on their own without burdening a healthcare system, which then has the benefit of self-help or at least help that stops them eventually accessing that service. Therefore, everybody wins. That is essentially what you're saying in that answer. And that's essentially what I'm taking away from it. And so leads me nicely onto Wobot then and what you are clearly doing there for mental health. And as I say, I'm aware because I've used the product plenty. I'm interested. What so? As a, the definition of health tech company is very broad, and I think it often gets used. It's a relatively new term. It often gets used for, I suppose, more of the B two B companies that are selling into healthcare services providers, organisations, that type of thing. But obviously, Wobot is a health tech company. It's it's health. It's obviously improving human health. It's got plenty of technology involved in it. What is the business model for Mo, Wobot? And where is that now compared to perhaps where it was? And what was what was the thinking behind how you'd actually sell this? And what's the ambition for Wobot with that in mind? Because clearly there is plenty of scope for where you could sell to, how it could be delivered to the masses. Is it pure B2C? Is there a B2B element? Talk to me a little bit about that. Um, it is. It's not. We don't charge individual consumers so so there's a version of wobot that is kind of a i would say the sort of simplified engagement that you that is free on the app store um and that's wobot that but wobot doesn't have a lot of state there he doesn't really you know he doesn't know james that you were talking to him for years you know whereas i i think <laughs> but but even <laughs> and he should do because i'll have a word um but uh <laughs> it forms the basis of um, then we've sort of we've built a kind of a we've built a, a, a platform that can then um, sort of create discrete products and solutions for specific intended uses that we then distribute through partners um, in particular settings, depending on the level, like depending on the intended use, actually. And some of those 
will be in a regulated environment. And we really actually believe in regulation because we we think that in the absence of it, what's happening is people are like, oh, this digital stuff, it's just nonsense. And right. And I, th- I think the problem there is that we're undermining this like public health opportunity that we have through that perception. And um, so we're we're kind of working with we want to work with regulators to understand where where is the what what's the correct role for this technology and these discrete products. So, for example, we have we built built a solution for postpartum depression that the FDA gave us breakthrough designation for in May 2020. Um, we're building out a solution for for adolescents as well, and um, that we intend to also bring through regulatory. And then there are other things that again are fundamentally not targeting. Um, you know, clinical populations that would be for everybody that would be more like this is CBT for everybody. This is good life skills. You know, I think when you learn CBT, everybody has the same reaction. We should be teaching this stuff in schools. Like, why are we not just this is just good life skills, though. So we want to create that, too. Um, And that's the freely available app that that we have in the App Store. I, I should say that what's fundamentally different, like what, we didn't invent, obviously, digital CBT. It, it's actually been around for 20 years. Like People have been making self-driven versions of CBT for a long time. And there's a very healthy literature that shows that digital versions of them um, could do as well as therapists deliver CBT. And so, but what was different about Wobot, I think, is that we, we digitized the process of an interaction rather than just teaching people. I think there's a lot of teaching in CBT as well. And so a lot of the digital versions that came before us were based on, were sort of psychoeducational tools. Um, we, we did bring it one step further and said, no, no, but we want to be able to encourage people to challenge their thinking in that moment, in that moment where their thinking is very distorted because of an intense emotion. And because if you could bring somebody through that process, that is the stuff of CBT. That's the, the that's it in its most distilled format. So there we go. How impressive is Alison, right? What a lovely person. What a lovely, epic entrepreneur she is. Um, if you want to listen to the whole of that episode, you can go back to episode 280. It's not on YouTube yet. Apologies. But uh, you can go back wherever you listen to your podcasts to grab episode 280. You can also head to wobothealth.com and you can learn all about the company, everything that they're doing. And by all means, uh, the app store to download the app. So uh, yeah, that's Wobot. Have a good one. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening and making it all the way to the end of this episode. Remember to subscribe, rate us and leave a review and you can head to the description of this episode to follow me on all of my social media so you don't miss out on any of the latest health tech content.